A popular outcast production. Quit fucking around! Podcast. This is our June 1st episode, and we're recording on May 25th, 2014. My name is Emmer Smith, and with me I have... Kevin Seibert. And Mark Matters. Yeah. Uh, okay, the question, <laughs> question for the week is, does Mystique of X-Men fame, does Mystique have a vagina? Kevin, you're up first. Okay, my answer is Mystique does have a vagina, and there is evidence of that because she has had children in the form of Nightcrawler, and in order for Nightcrawler to be born, he had to be birthed through something. Am I right? Unless she had a cesarean. I mean, that's true. Or a little poop baby. But, you know, the thing with Mystique (laughs) is, she decides whether she has a vagina or not. Yeah. Sometimes she has a penis. That's true. (laughs) She's a shapeshifter. And she can be whatever she wants to be. She can make herself into a tower of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure which is funnier, the idea of Mystique transforming into a tower of dicks, or just my mental picture of a tower of dicks. <laughs> I picture it kind of looks like a coat rack, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you hang your coat on that, or do you just hold it for the rest of the night? (laughs) I guess that would depend on a couple of things, like environment, um, level of arousal. um. You know, what sort of party it is. How old the coat is. Do you you have a uh, rebuttal to Kevin's yes, she has a vagina, or was the cesarean section common? Um, I would say, I'm assuming she does. It's never been illustrated in the comics, and clearly in the movies, it's never been... (laughs) There. In the latest one, she, like, holds the dude up by his neck with one leg. She's basically doing a split standing, and, yeah, nothing there. Well, Emrys, what do you think? What's your what's your stance on this? So, yeah, I, I think you have to distinguish between her default, like, normal mystique shape and her shape-shifted shapes. It's never been revealed what her default shape is. Well, her blue... Scaly shape is her default. No, that's not her default shape necessarily. That was actually it. Um, Claremont, who is the creator of Mystique, um, originally I believe intended her to be a man. Well, whatever, because that's the shape that she's shown in in all the movies, which is the only thing I'm going off of. In the uh, classic and and well loved movie called X Men Three: The Last Stand. <laughs> When she loses her mutant power, she is a black-haired woman. Well, that's her human that's form. That's not... I mean, obviously her human form has a vagina. Yeah, but that would be her default, I would think. Clearly, in her blue scaly phase, she has no vagina. It's just sealed up. So, Kevin, what are you What are you drinking? Uh, tonight, I'm drinking... Well, it's uh, 
Memorial Day weekend. Woo! And I'm uh, trying to be as American as I can, so I'm drinking Bullet Bourbon. Oh, wow. Frontier Whiskey. Yeah. Kentucky Straight Bourbon. And I'm drinking it right out of the bottle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Emrys, what are you drinking? I don't have anything to drink. The world is a dark and cold place right now, and I'm thirsty. Well, I'm drinking, maybe the first time on this podcast, nothing alcoholic. I have mm-hmm. fresh, local apple cider. That's in season? Um, I don't know, but it's the taste of the mountains. <laughs> Emrys, what are you playing that's not for the show? Tropico 5 just came out. Ah, uh, how is it? Everything you hoped? <laughs> it solved a lot of problems from the Tropico 4 that I've been playing, but it introduced new weird ones, and I don't know really why they changed some of the things they did, but it's much prettier, and I'm still learning the basics, so maybe it will it will win me over. Well, you know what they say, fifth time's the charm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really how video games series go, the fifth one. Not Resident Evil. No, no, not Resident Evil. I played that whole game through in one night with my friend John. We went co-op and did all of Resident Evil 5 in one night. That's insane. I'll never forget that game, and I'll never play it again as long as I live. Kevin, what are you playing? I've really just played Mega Man games Yeah. up to this episode, because I played two, three, four, and five. I played four games. You are insane. And I beat all of them. Yeah, and and aside from that, I just I haven't had any like leisure game time. Like I played a little bit of Hearthstone, but I spent most of my time getting ready for this comedy set I'm doing at Garfield's on Wednesday. Oh yes. Yeah, I have to have thirty minutes ready by Wednesday, which will have already happened by the time this releases, so I don't know why I'm talking about it. That is terrifying to me. Like I would be just I would have ripped out all my pubes by now. <laughs> well, my my um my stress relief isn't pube ripping. Oh. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just hoping it works out. So, hmm. But, uh, yeah, Mark, what are you playing? Um, I finished up Child of Light, and I really liked it. I've been hearing and seeing some hate on the internet lately, and I understand it, but I don't agree with it. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Does it, does it still hold up with your um, early impressions of how good it was? Yes, it does. Uh, the writing's not great. It's really forced. You know, everything's rhyming. Right, yeah, that that was what I heard, that it was forced. It's a game where you unlock poetry. Those are the unlockables, and I, I can't really complain about that. Even if it's not great poetry, it's still a freaking game in 2014 where the unlockables are more poetry. This episode is all Mega Man all the time, uh, and there's a little backstory on that. About a year ago, with you know much fanfare on Capcom's part, and slightly less from you know the press and the general public, it was announced that all the quote-unquote main handheld Mega Man games were going to be re- released for download via the 3DS's Virtual Console service. 
Um, and Capcom gave fans the ability to vote on the order which these games would be released, which is pretty awesome. That was just recently. Uh, and then they unveiled the, the lineup about a month ago, I think the very last day of March. And so they sort of announced this whole like Mega May thing, where every week in the month of May, they're going to release a new game in the series for download. And so in honor of this, we, mainly Kevin, <laughs> played all but uh, one of the Mega May games because it, uh, that one isn't out yet as of recording. And um, we have reviews for all of them tonight. So, Kevin, why don't you get us started with Mega Man 2? Okay, Mega Man 2 for the original Game Boy came out in 1992. Um, and it continued the formula that was um, started with Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge. It had four Robot Masters from one Mega Man game, and four from a different one. In this case, Mega Man 2 was Crash Man, Metal Man, Wood Man, and Air Man. And then from Mega Man 3, it brought over Needle Man, Hard Man, Top Man, and Magnet Man. And this is the trend that they continued with for Mega Man 1 through 4 for the Game Boy, right? Right, yeah. That's what they did. Now, in the case of Mega Man 2, they made some improvements over Dr. Wily's Revenge in that the uh, second set of Robot Masters actually got their own stages, whereas um, in Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge, uh, the Robot Masters from Mega Man 2, you just stepped into a transporter and fought them instantaneously. Ugh. So they now get... Um, stages leading up to them, which makes the game a little bit longer. Although, in the case of Mega Man 2, the game is actually by far the easiest out of all of the Mega Man games, like even probably out of the ones for the NES. Oh, wow. And part of that is the game was actually not developed by Capcom. Uh, it was developed by... I, I don't. I didn't see what company actually did it. Like, I remember noticing a lot of differences in the game when I played it as a kid. Because um, I, I played this when I when I was twelve, and I noticed like a lot of things that seemed subtle back then that aren't quite so subtle now. Like a lot of the sprites are different. Um, like Mega Man's sliding sprite, it looks very poorly drawn. And the final fight with Doctor Wily, he's got like this tiny shrunken head and these li- and this little <laughs> robot thing he's riding around, and proportions are way off. It was developed by a company called Biox. Okay, cool. Thanks for doing the research on that, because I'm terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it literally would have taken me two minutes, and I just didn't bother. It's okay. But it was the only game in the Game Boy series that used completely original music. Wow. Um, which, w- which was kind of a disappointment in, in, in this case, because Mega Man 2 has the best music in the series. Yeah, 2 and 3 are very uh, highly regarded in that way. Yeah, and the the replacement music isn't bad. Like the the tunes are all right, but the the way it was programmed or produced or whatever it, or whatever you would call it, it's all just really high pitched notes. There's no real like layering or you know nuances to it. Like like Mega Man games are you know famous for like having like levels of you know complexity to the music. Yeah, it's all just like different it's, instruments. Oh, yeah, yeah, 
basically. And it, this is all basically just like really high notes, and it's they're decent tunes, but it's clear that if I don't, know, it's it's clear how much of the greatness of the Mega Man series is attention to detail mm-hmm. by playing Mega Man Two, and it's not that it's a bad game. It's just I'd say it's probably the worst out of the series. But at the same time, for someone who wants to just try out a Mega Man game, like this isn't hair-tearingly difficult. You're not going to tear your pubes out. Oh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, the level designs are, you know, they're fine. They're a little on the easy side, and the Robot Masters are pretty easy, and um, Mega Man 2, like all of the Game Boy games, has um, a Mega Man killer in it, except uh, this... Mega Man Killer is Quint, who is by far the worst. He is Mega Man from the future that Dr. Wily captured and reprogrammed to ride a pogo stick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a joke. This is very similar to the uh, plot of Days of Future Past. Is it? No. I was hoping not. <laughs> For myself and uneducated listeners, dis- where did the Mega Man Killers come from? or How are they different from the Robot Masters? Um, they tend to be a lot stronger than the Robot Masters, and their special abilities also tend to be very useful or essential in the final fight against Wily. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mega Man Hunter from Mega Man 1, and I'm blanking on his name, hang on. Anchor is from Dr. Wily's Revenge. Okay. Anchor gave you the mirror shield that you had to use to beat the game, because you used that to reflect Dr. Wily's own attacks back on him, and nothing else would kill him. Oh, wow. And um, Punk from Mega Man 3 gave you a screw attack, sort of sort of like Samus's, but not really. Okay. And that was the only way you could beat Wily in that. Well, you get Quint's pogo stick, which is called a Sakugarn, mm-hmm. and it's completely worthless. <laughs> and and for, furthermore, what I don't understand is, so doc- the story is Dr. Wily goes into the future, captures Mega Man, reprograms him, makes him evil... And then pits him against Mega Man to destroy him. Well, if he was, if Doctor Wily was in any position to capture and reprogram Mega Man, why did he have to time travel to do it? Why didn't he do it in the present? It makes no sense. Also, do you think Needleman has um, some kind of complex where he used to drive like a really big red car to compensate for something? <laughs> well done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Also, Hard Man. I don't know. There's some euphemisms going on there. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Top Man has a certain position he prefers in the bedroom? I hope this isn't the set you're planning to use on Wednesday. <laughs> it's not. Nobody would understand it. Oh. Nobody understands it right now. <laughs> so how did you learn all these Robot Master names is what I want to know. Because they're not in the games. Yeah, they are. Are they? Yeah. You select the stage. It tells you who it is. All right. Now, the, I didn't actually get that far in my game. The, the Mega Man... Killers or whatever they're called, their names are not in the game as far as I know. That's true. That is the next step <laughs> up right there. Um, actually, no. Anchor wasn't in... His his name wasn't in the game. But Quint and Punk and I believe the others were as well. Mm, Ballade or whatever his name is. Isn't... Ballade and... Motherfucker from 5. I don't remember his name. <laughs> That's probably it. <laughs> Motherfucker? Yeah. yeah. His, his special attack, you gotta watch out for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or at least your mother has to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it was, it was a really easy game. 
and you know the music was off and the sprites were off but i still had a good time with it and if someone wants to like try out mega man and play it with the volume down or whatever it's a, it's a decent one to check out okay now what about mega man 3 <laughs> Mega Man 3 was pretty dope. <laughs> it continues that formula, you know, with bosses from Mega Man 3 and Mega Man 4. Right. Um, you fight Shadow Man, Gemini Man, Snake Man, and Spark Man from Mega Man 3. Okay. And then from Mega Man 4, it's Dive Man, Skull Man, Dust Man, and Drill Man. Capcom handled the development of this game again, and, you know, the music is remixed versions of the original music from the game, and it has probably my favorite Mega Man killer in it, which is Punk, who's a robot with a razor spike mohawk, (laughs) and I remember that boss being ridiculously difficult when I originally played the game, because that's a game I own the cartridge of, so I, I didn't play this on the Virtual Console. I, I broke out my Game Boy Advance and played it on the cartridge without restore points and beat it in about 45 minutes. You are a crazy person. I really liked that game. <laughs> and it, it wasn't as difficult as I remembered it. Um, Rush had a lot to do with that, like getting you over some of the, some of the gaps. And, and I think the addition of Rush is what made these games playable, because if you guys remember um, from when I reviewed Dr. Wily's Revenge, mm-hmm. I didn't finish it, because it had those, like, long chasms, you know, lined with spikes that right. were pure memorization that were that just took forever to get through, because and I, I ran out of patience. Right, right. The, the sprites were too big. And the addition of energy tanks and rush really made these games less frustrating and more like actually an enjoyable experience yeah the way that Mega Man 3 handled things it had a lot of bosses that actually had their original weaknesses so that was kind of a disappointment because um particularly with the Mega Man 4 part of it in the NES release they all had the same weaknesses like Dive Man you you could use his weapon to beat Drill Man. You could use Dust Man's weapon to beat Skull Man. You could use Skull Man's weapon to beat Dive Man. So it wasn't really any kind of thing where like, you had to guess it at a new order for the bosses. Mm-hmm. And that was always kind of the fun thing with the Game Boy games. We were like, oh, well, I can't use the top spin on Shadow Man because so, it's not in this game. So like, what do I use to beat him? And it was having to figure out new strategies and everything. So that was a little bit lacking from the second half of Mega Man 3. Mm-hmm. But it was still a really fun game. Anyway, do you want to talk about Mega Man 4? <laughs> have as much experience with the Mega Man games as you, so I don't 
I don't know how the games really differentiate themselves from the NES titles. Mega Man 4 is another one where they took assets from Mega Man 4 and then Mega Man 5. So I don't I can't really comment on that kind of stuff. So the story of Mega Man 4 for Nintendo Game Boy. Dr. Wily. There you go. That's the whole story. That's all you need to know. It's the same thing every single game. So I'll discuss the, the superficial aspects of the game first. It straight up looks like a monochromatic version of an NES Mega Man game. You know, this is absolutely like as good as it gets on the Game Boy as far as I'm concerned uh, in the graphics department. Um, this game has cutscenes and they're very okay. <laughs> Generally, they, they tend to drag on with just like very little going on and I suppose they just want you to drool over every single pixel, but it's 2014 now, and um, baby, just let me hit a button and skip them scenes, especially after like dying a billion times and watching them repeatedly. Yeah, that was kind of how I felt about it, because I, I mean, it, you know, I, I did die in this game quite a bit. I'm surprised to hear that. Well, I, I think that I'm just, like, it's not that I'm good at Mega Man games, it's just that I'm, I'm more tenacious with them than I am with other games. Oh, okay. Well, the sound is pretty good. I, I think the, the, the music is, is really nice. Um, they're not really memorable, but maybe that's only because I haven't had as much time to absorb them as I have Mega Man 2 or 3 for NES and their iconic soundtracks. I'd never played Mega Man 4 or anything later than that until X. You know, these songs just, they're not familiar to me, they're good, but... They were the same. They haven't, they haven't stuck with me. As far as controls... It plays as well as any Mega Man game, I suppose. Kevin, you'd know better than I. Yeah, they're they're really solid. I, I love the new additions to the moveset, like the charge shot. Was it, Is this the mm -hmm. first game where they use that on the Game Boy? No, they did that in 3. Okay. Well, I just I, I think it's awesome. It, it enables me to, to, to take much larger chunks out of enemy health. It, it became like my primary weapon since I didn't beat the bosses in the, in the proper order. Like, I didn't look it up. I went into the game pretty blind. Mm -hmm. But therefore, like, whatever I was using was rarely better than just the default blaster with the charge shot. So I pretty much beat the four first bosses just with the default weapon. Um, and I like that, that that charge shot has, like, a little bit of kickback to it. it yeah, it, that's unique. It really makes you feel it's, it's, like, pretty powerful. That That's unique to Mega Man 4 for the Game Boy. I don't think they did it in any of the other games. It can make some of the platforming... Just tiniest bit trickier because if you do one of those charge shots in the air like a moving platform or something you have to be careful but it was a nice touch that the the, the developers added anything anything other than that actually like i mean beyond that mm -hmm. i think it was actually a balancing thing because the mega buster in the other games um was extremely overpowered oh like what one of the one of the things about the early games is that your default weapon was by nature weak Mm -hmm. And, you know, you wanted to use other weapons. But the Mega Buster, when it was introduced in Mega Man 4 for the NES, yeah. um, was actually just, you know, it's a very powerful weapon that you start out with. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times it's doing as much damage as the weapon that the Robot Master is weak to. So there's not a whole lot of incentive to use different weapons unless yeah. it actually helps you to connect your shots. You know, mm -hmm. like if it's a boss who's particularly evasive like like drill man is and w so the dive missile helps out but so i think the kick is actually kind of a way of making the mega buster 
less all-around useful because, like, it makes your platforming less precise. Yeah, you have to make it count. Right. And, you know, Mega Man still has his slide in this game, um, which is just it's such a fun move to pull off. It goes under enemy fire, you know, it's really helpful. It's really what um, Dr. Wily's Revenge was lacking, because, like I said, how that you just took hits all the time in that game. Yeah. Because you couldn't outrun shots, you barely had room to jump over them, so the slide was what made it so you could actually dodge attacks. Mm. And Kevin, you, you you think the stages in Mega Man 4 are pretty long? Yeah, and they, they were pretty long, and actually, they were far different than their counterparts from the NES games. Like, it was, it was actually like playing a whole new level. Like, they didn't even, they, they barely borrowed assets. That's good. Uh, those, are, those are both two good things to me. The, the length of the levels felt perfect to me. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoyed the level themes in this game, and to the yeah. extent which they were used. Like, I seem to remember the older Mega Man games, the backgrounds were just kind of the backgrounds and set the theme for, like, what the enemies might look like. But, like, and I might be wrong on all this, but in this game, it's more than that. It's more than just the setting for the visual style. It's in Toad Man stage in this game, Water plays a huge part on the level. You know, your 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 movement is slowed, um, and the water's constantly pushing Mega Man towards waterfalls that go into chasms. Mm-hmm. And in Bright Man's stage, light is crucial. You know, killing certain enemies makes it dark, killing others makes it light again, and it makes some of the platforming, like, tr- pretty harrowing. Yeah, it, it was like that in the NES game, mm-hmm. but um, the level layouts are really different. But was it and, like that in other Mega Man games? Did they use the, the, the theme of the boss that much in the level? A little bit. Like, Pharaoh Man for the NES mm-hmm. was pretty um, like, themed around desert and like sarcophaguses and tombs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they've always, they've always had kind, like a kind of theme to the levels, yeah. but I think Mega Man 4 may have done the best job with it out of out of any of them. Okay. Um, and another thing about the stages in this game is they can be replayed, and I, I don't remember that being a Mega Man thing. Um, if You can do that to stock up on items or, like, the other collectibles in this game. Yeah, I think you can do that starting with Mega Man 3 on the Game Boy, starting okay. with Mega Man 4 on the NES. Okay. Uh, the bosses in this game were Robot Masters, I guess, is the more appropriate term. Uh, like I said before, they're taken from two of the NES Mega Man games. Uh, Toad Man, Bright Man, Pharaoh Man, and Ring Man are from Mega Man 4. Crystal Man, Napalm Man, Stone Man, and Charge Man are from Part 5. And yes, I stole all that information from Wikipedia because I never got past the halfway point in this game and <laughs> the first battle with the uh, SOB named Ballade. Really? He, he killed me too many times. I got so mad. I are you going to be mad if I say that I killed him on my first attempt? Well, you just said it. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. I just said if I tell you that, it might not be true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Okay. I'm not mad about it. I I know who you are and I know what you're made of. Um <laughs> uh new to the handheld series is Dr. Light's shop, which is available between missions. You can spend these um they're called P-Chips. It's a new collectible item uh, in exchange for items like extra lives and things that um, recharge your weapons or health. Um, I don't think this was ever in another game before, right, Kevin? Um, I 
don't believe it was. I think the first appearance it made in like the classic numbered series mm-hmm. was Mega Man 7 for the Super Nintendo. That's crazy. You can also collect letters, B-E-A-T, to summon Beat. Mm-hmm. He's like a bird-looking dude. Yeah, that's Beat. Yeah, and you know what he does? I've never used him. I don't he, like him. He beats people. There's uh, also Rush. Rush is in the game. You, he's, you know, if you're not familiar with Mega Man series, he's Mega Man's trampoline impersonating dog. And also Proto Man's in the game. Um, I think only the most skilled or adventurous players will find him. He's sort of in hidden little nooks and crannies, I guess, and he gives you little presents like Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's be honest with each other. I feel like this is this is a safe place, uh, the Portable yeah, Power right. Podcast, <laughs> and I'm exposing some some potential vulnerabilities here. Some we'll be true gentle. character flaws. <sighs> Restore points. I use them. I need them, and I exploit them. <laughs> <laughs> I literally create an ex- uh, uh, a restore point. Every time I get from one section to another and haven't taken any damage. (laughs) (laughs) This is the only way I was able to even get halfway through Mega Man 4. Where I did defend for myself on the original Game Boy cartridge. At this point in my life, I would have quit after one level. Um, Mega Man games are not my forte. As much Mm -hmm. as I want to be a Mega Man guy. I'm just so bad at them that I cannot fall head over heels in love with the series. <laughs> but anyone, anyone who can't see um, past that to the just the superb level of craftsmanship in game design and fine-tuned controls, like anyone who can't see that's kind of an idiot. Like anyone who doesn't like Mega Man because it's too hard or something, and that's all they think about it. Like we can't be friends. It's, <laughs> You're not going to like my review. <laughs> <laughs> this is our last episode. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This whole series in general, but also like this this game, Mega Man 4, is a great game for people who enjoy old school or difficult experiences. While this one isn't as well known as some of its brethren, I think it's every bit as good and a classic in its own right. I I agree with you on that. I w- like I was actually really disappointed that I had missed out on this originally when it came out because I had a great time with Mega Man Four. Like I thought that it was probably the best out of the Game Boy games leading up to five. Like yeah. the, the 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 interesting thing is that in my mind, like the NES games, like reached their pinnacle with two and then steadily declined. Mm-hmm. But the Game Boy titles only got better. Wow. And as far as the ones that observed the formula of, you know, borrowing four masters from one game and four from another. This was the last one. It was the last one, and I think it was the best. Awesome. E- even if even if it did, like, I, I definitely knew what order to take the bosses in because they all had the same weaknesses. It's the same issue I had with some of the parts of Mega Man 3. Uh-huh. Mega Man 4 was actually probably worse with that, but the level design was just so different. And, and you know, don't, like, beat yourself up too much for using restore points, because I did use them. Mm. I didn't I didn't abuse them. I would just, <laughs> like... If there, if there was a point that I got to where I kept dying, but it was just such a long trek to get back there... Yeah. Like, I would use a restore point. Okay. 
Um, but it was mostly like if I was trying to get like a one-up in a hard-to-get location or something. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in hearing where the series went from here. Mega Man 5 was really the only game in the classic series, in NES and SNES included, to break the formula of having Robot Masters. I mean, they, they still had bosses, but they were no longer called Robot Masters. They were Star Droids. Basically, the story is robots come from outer space, and Mega Man's Mega Buster has no effect on them, and he's defeated in battle. So, while Mega Man is... I don't know, can a machine be unconscious? Yeah, sure. So while Mega Man is unconscious... He's in sleep mode. He's in sleep mode. There you have it. <laughs> Emerson Smith, the authority on what Mega Man can and can't do. <laughs> sleep man. Yes. So while he, while he is in sleep mode, Dr. Light makes it so that his arm can detach and be fired across the screen. Also known as the hard knuckle from Mega Man 3. That's badass. Yeah, uh, apparently, uh, apparently Mega Man's fist is stronger than his super powerful energy blast. Uh-huh. I don't know. He punches really hard, guys. <laughs> so what the way that actually ends up working is the Mega Man, the the Mega Fist is a lot more balanced than the Mega Buster is because, as I mentioned before, it was a little bit overpowered as like a weapon that you start out with. Um, the only real weakness with it being that it took time to charge up. And, like, the NES addressed it by, like, if you take damage, you lose the charge on your attack and have to start over. Mm-hmm. But the Game Boy series never did that. So, the Mega Fist, you have to be perfectly accurate with it, because it takes time to charge, and you can't fire tiny shots while your fist is out there. Because, like, that's the fist, apparently, that transforms into your arm cannon. Mm. So, if you're charging your shots, you can only fire one shot at a time, and you have to wait until... The fist goes out and then returns to you before you can fire even, like, a regular, like, pea shooter shot. You know, I don't like there being a lot of rules when it comes to fisting, so I don't know <laughs> if I'd like this game. Well, unlike <laughs> the other games in the series, they weren't, like, Spaceman or anything like that. They yeah. all went by names of the planets, which meant that, um, at one point, I did Mega Fist Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so so you get, you know, weapons from like Pluto, who's actually kind of like a dog. Yeah. Well, he's he's feral. He's feral. He's okay. more like a cat than a dog, I guess. But he, he's he's bestial. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting story because you're like, oh, these robots have come from outer space and it's totally not Dr. Wily behind it all. <laughs> Dr. Wily's behind it all. <laughs> yeah, so so you beat, you know, the last guy, the guy you think is behind everything. And of course, it's Dr. Wily behind it all. <laughs> and you have to go fight Dr. Wily. However, he's not the last guy in this game. Oh. It, this is probably the the longest end battle of any Mega Man game I've played. There are, trying trying to remember, four phases of Dr. Wily. And the end battle with the final boss, who is this ancient robot master who was like, found in outer space, like this ancient weapon. 
mm-hmm. is super epic. Like it's the most epic Mega Man fight I've probably ever done. Wow. Where you're you're fighting this this robot master, and he's just so powerful. Like he'll destroy the floor out from under you. You'll fall through a different level into the space fortress that you're in, and then the fight will resume and you'll hit him a couple more times, then he'll destroy the floor that you're on again, and you just keep falling down through this fortress. Like, the whole thing is just destroying around you. That's really cool. Yeah, it, for, like, and, and for being on Game Boy hardware, it did it in some really, like, it used some really interesting techniques to, you know, show how epic this fight was, even if it couldn't really pull it off in, in terms of, um, you know, graphics. Yeah. But it, it also had, like, some different, some different modes, like, Instead of Mega Man just ending up on Dr. Wily's space station, you actually have to fight your way there. Like, Rush gets converted for outer space, and you ride there in almost like an R-type sort of game. Or, like, Gradius. That's crazy. Yeah, like, Mega Man 5 was just such a weird game in the series, Uh but I think it might have been my favorite out of the Game Boy games. Yeah, what's the only original one. Yeah, and and that that was cool. Like, I was... I never had any idea what order I was supposed to go in. Like, I, I, I had guesses in terms of, like, oh, well, this boss fights in this way, so I bet this weapon is their weakness. And, you know, sometimes I was right. <laughs> but it was just a, a completely new experience, you know, like, that, that, that whole, like, sense of wonder that I used to get out of playing, like, new games in the Mega Man series, where, like, I, I would be having to figure out strategies and weaknesses and try to use the weird Mega Man logic that developed beyond the second game where they started introducing weird things like Top Man and Dive Man and Bright Man and, you know, a guy who looks like a train. <laughs> a tranny? Trainee? Yes, a trainee. <laughs> tranny the tranny. <laughs> so that's a, I mean, that's a pretty huge endorsement for this game, though. Yeah, it's ridiculously hard, but it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's also a dollar more than all the other ones. Is it? I didn't even pay attention. <laughs> Except for the extreme games. Those are those are a, those are the most expensive. Oh, they're Game yeah. Boy Color. Right. But I'm really interested to hear about them. <laughs> or at least the first one. Instead of doing a review, because we've already exhaustively covered Mega Man mechanics and all the Game Boy games, instead of doing a review, I'm just going to play through a level or two, or however far I get, (laughs) before I get insanely frustrated and throw my 3DS across the room. (laughs) We don't have to throw it for for our sake. No, he does. We'll see what happens. It's going to be organic. Okay. So does that mean that it's shit-grown and costs more? (laughs) Yes, in fact. So this was a port of Mega Man X for the SNES, right? Um, you know, I, I didn't play this. Um, I, I watched some videos of it, and it doesn't seem like it's a straight port. It seems like there yeah. are some levels that are lifted directly out of the SNES game, but Flamestag is not in Mega Man X. Yeah. Okay. And I, I didn't I didn't watch like a full playthrough of the game, so there there might be additional things they added. I didn't really research for this episode at all. Well... Yeah, I didn't I didn't research either. Anyway, the point is that it's a it's a port of an SNES game. And um to me, the graphics just I mean, it's on the Game Boy Color, so they're in color, 
but they're just really not up to par as far as an SNES game goes. Sure. You know, when, when I when I compared what they did with the NES the NES Mega Man games to the game to the Game Boy, like they basically made the games look exactly the same. Yeah. But I did not feel like Mega Man Extreme games looked even as good as like the classic Mega Man games for the Game Boy. All right, so I'm playing on the first stage, which is the Chill Penguin stage. And right now I'm getting my ass kicked by a guy who's knock knocking walls into me. Yeah, they do that sometimes. There's even an axe. <laughs> I even have auto charge turned on. Yeah, he's got an axe. What is auto charge? I, I it's in the options, it's not like a so I have that turned on just because otherwise this game is Ah bats. Alright, so why can't I shoot God damn <laughs> Why can't I shoot up? Alright, that really bothers me. I'm not using the up key for anything. Because Mega Man's arm joints need oil. It's bullshit. I, I'm using <laughs> half the keypad. The bat is following me. If you have, like, it's a, it's, a, it's a Game Boy game. You only have a certain number of buttons. Like, why would you disable some of them? Oh my god. Uh, these spiky things are popping out of the walls, and I can't manage to jump over them. <laughs> You know, I don't even know how I knew about the wall jumping thing, mm -hmm. but Mega Man can totally jump walls. Is, I don't know if that's in, like, every Mega Man game, or... Just Mega Man X. Oh, Jesus. Well, it's vitally important, because otherwise you can't go anywhere. Right. Well, they, they assume you'll figure it out when you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Thank God the original Mega Man design didn't have to go into these, these levels. Yeah. <laughs> You'd get, like, halfway... Dr. Light is talking to me. He's giving me leg upgrades to enhance my mobility on climbing the walls. He's a leg man. <laughs> and I can crush blocks now, which I feel is only going to cause me to to die. I don't know. I don't think they put blocks in places where you're going to die. Well, you haven't seen me play th play this game. Alright, so I only have two little bars of health, la health left. <laughs> I just got a big... Oh, it's fucking Goose or something! <laughs> what? A goose? <laughs> There's some kind of bird-like monster. Oh, with a saw blade on its head? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know those things. I kill them by the dozens. Yeah, we have them out here in California. <laughs> Alright, well, I, I'm not quite dead. I have some health I've got from enemies. This is actually substantially easier than the opening level was. Yeah, uh -oh. Chill Penguin's kind of a wimp. There's some kind of robot suit here. Oh, I'm supposed to wear it. Alright, I'm punching shit now. You're getting a lot of upgrades, like, just right off the bat. Well, the, the, the mech suit isn't an upgrade, it's just something that you can only use up until a certain point in the level that you find it in. Yeah. Like, eventually you have to disembark from it because you can't go any further. Oh, I'm gonna drop okay. down this hole. Oh, I died. They put me in this mech suit, and it doesn't really do anything. It punches, right? Except It punches things, yeah, and you don't take damage while you're in it. Alright, well, anyway, I felt like it had to do more than that, so I jumped into a hole and I died. Did you jump into that hole on purpose? Yes, I did. Why do you feel like you needed to do that? <laughs> I just wanted to see what would happen. Alright, well, I'm at a thing that I can't jump over now or punch down, so I don't know how to escape from this. Um, there's a wall here that I... Oh, okay. I'm now on the roof of a place that I was just running around in a mech suit with. There's nothing up here. Why the fuck would you not put anything up here? They would put hidden treasures up there, probably. No, there were there was nothing. 
for it was invisible hidden treasures. Mm, those are the most valuable kind. <laughs> they're um fucking they're shooting balls at me. They're like um uh oh, I think this is the boss. I'm in a I'm in an airlock. Uh oh. Oh yeah. Chill penguin. He's here. He's roaring. Oh my god, his health bar is so big. <laughs> As penguins do. <laughs> I'm jumping on the walls, and he's shooting pellets that I can't jump- God damn- God damn it! <laughs> oh, he's taking no damage. That's because you gotta shoot him. I'm shooting him. But you gotta shoot him better. Oh, I just jumped super far. Wow, those leg upgrades really worked. Oh, I jumped into the air, and he jumped up and hit me with his face. Yeah. That beat. So I'm gonna click save and continue. That's the most annoying thing about the enemies in these games is you just touch them and they hurt you. Yeah, but that's what Mario is. I guess so. But you're Mega Man. You're metal. I don't know. So are they. They're stronger metal. And uh, so many of the little uh, enemies exploit that. They just like get up all in your business and just grind on you and you just continually take damage. Yeah, that is kind of annoying. I, I wish you could have saw the dance I was doing when <laughs> I said grind. I wish I could have seen it too. So because I died, <laughs> I have to start the stage at the beginning. Okay. Well, yeah, that naturally. That That's what restore points are for. Yeah. Alright, so here here's something that kind of drives me a little crazy about Mega Man. So you know those instant death spikes? Yeah. yeah. You know, the bane of anyone who ever plays a Mega Man game? Sure. There are certain points... In Mega Man 3, possibly in the later games as well, where the only way to progress is to use Rush, to use the Rush coil, the trampoline, to call Rush down on top of these spikes, then you jump on Rush and bounce over the spikes. But Rush is on the spikes, not being destroyed. Ru Dr. Light built both Mega Man and Rush. Why can Rush stand on spikes, but Mega Man can't? You would think that Dr. Light would give Mega Man... the Champion of the human race, the ability to stand on these fucking spikes that every other robot can touch. So yeah, the story to Mega Man X is that there's, like, robots that are coming down and, like, they're blowing up the streets and everything. Yeah. And so, X, whoever that is... That's Mega Man. This... No, no. There's, like, Mega Man and X. He's the red guy. With... Is that... no, that's Zero. Alright. Oh, okay. Alright, anyway, so they, like, find a computer programmer who will send Mega Man into the computers to to fight evil. Mhm. Mm and I don't know I don't know what's going on with that, but um it's basically you just go and you're in these stages. So I don't know why they have to make some kind of weird computer metaphor. It was probably right around the time the Matrix came out. Yeah, it must have been. They had to give him a reason to basically replay some of these levels. Yeah, like, if I remember I correctly, so. it's actually, like, his memories. I don't know. Alright, I'm back at the penguin guy. I have five bars of health, and he has a million. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Alright, I just landed on a frozen penguin shape and died. Yeah. So this, this is the easiest boss, then? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was in Mega Man X. I don't know about Mega Man Extreme. I never played it. Yeah, I, I have a feeling he is, because I'm... I feel ashamed for what's happening in front of me right now. But, uh, yeah. So, I kind of hate Mega Man. Because he can't shoot up for no reason. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I gave you a reason. It's not a good reason. It's not canonical. That doesn't mean it isn't good. I don't like the chiptunes, either. I know that's really going to offend you guys, but... 
No. Like, to me, this music is just dingy. Like, it could just be it's very like listening to composed. a calculator. No, I'm sure it's wonderful. In general, I actually, and I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with the Game Boy Color, but I found a lot of the Game Boy Color's music to not be that great. And I don't know why that is, because I have a lot of nostalgia for Game Boy music. Yeah. But Game Boy Color, for some reason, seemed a lot dingier. Yeah, I think it is. Like, I mean, I remember playing this on the Super Nintendo, and it wasn't offensive, so... Well, I mean, comparing a Super Nintendo and a Game Boy Color is not even unfair. remotely fair. Yeah, that's true. Alright, I'm done with this game, because I just died to the penguin, like, for the fifth time. So that's my review. <laughs> Bitter ranting, and then dying a lot to a penguin. But you need to give it, like, the numbered score like you always give. Oh, yeah, it's, um, it's three Mega Heads out of six. It's the sixth Mega Man we've reviewed on this podcast. Yeah, it is. But the first one you've had to play. Yeah. And it cost five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's just unfair. Like, why would you charge someone five dollars to play a Game Boy Color game? I, I would glad I almost downloaded it today just so I could play it because I, I really wanted to. And I was like, oh, there's no way I'll be able to beat it in time for the podcast, though, because I, I had other stuff I had to do. Yeah. So where do we go from here? You know, like there's no more Mega Man games coming. Mega Man Extreme 2. Well, it comes out this week. By the time the podcast is out, uh, it'll be out. Yeah. yeah. But um, after that, it's on to Battle Network, I guess. On the Wii U Virtual Console. Yeah. I never played any of those. I hear mixed things. Somebody liked them, because they made, like, six of them. Yeah. It's a shame none of us have a PSP, because those... I forget what they're called, those Mega Man games where he's very chibi-looking, but they Oh, just, Mega Man Powered Up. Yeah, they look... They're straight-up ports, I think, of the old games with uh, fashionable graphics. Yeah. I'm, I would love to play those, if I, but I don't have a PSP. Literally the only good reason to have a PSP. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that Final Fantasy VII sequel that almost oh. sold me a console a million years ago, but oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, it didn't honestly look that interesting to me. What was that Dirge of Cerberus? I think so. Yeah, I was I was just a whore for Final Fantasy VII, honestly. You know, I loved that game, and I loved Advent Children, but after Advent Children, I was kind of done. It wrapped it up nicely. Yeah, you're right. Well, there you go, kids. Throw away your PSPs, because there's only one good reason to have them. <laughs> well, weren't there two Mega Man Powered Up games? There were, actually, yes. There you go. Two good reasons to have a PSP. That, and I guess you can hack them for emulation. Sure, if you're a godless heathen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, that's it for this month. Well, no. It's not it for this month. That's it for this week. Um, <laughs> our next episode will be our mid-June episode. will be our E3 special. And we're going to have a special guest. I'm all a tingle. Oh, yeah. He's a cool guy. It's a cool person, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave the gender away. That eliminates 50% of the population. I know, I know. Yeah. It's a substantial narrowing down of the field. <laughs> we don't know any girls, so it's quite obvious that it's going <laughs> to be true. Guys. It's too true. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, look forward to that mid-June. We're gonna, It's all going to be uh, mostly about E3, but also it's going to be a, a, about our guest as well and his yeah. adventures in portable gaming. So in the meantime, 
while you're waiting for our next episode to air, why don't you do some shopping on Amazon, the new fashioned way? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, go to portablepower. Hit up that Amazon banner. It's big. It's purple. You can't miss it. You do the, hit that. You clear your cookies or vice versa. I forget which. I've never actually clear done your it. cookies first. Thank you. And uh, do your shopping on Amazon. You don't pay more, but Amazon gives us a little bit of money to help us out. Uh, iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, email, Vine, Twitch, DeviantArt, we're on all these things. Uh, hit us up. There you go. There's, <laughs> there's the abridged <laughs> That's version. That's the summary. <laughs> uh, if you, listen to another episode and you can get all the firm details on those. In the meantime, <laughs> kids, drink responsibly. Yes. Do not drink bullet bourbon out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> I didn't have that much left. Yeah. I'm not gonna, like, die or anything. Well, not from that. <laughs> it made you immortal. Yes. <laughs> Righteous. Alright, that's it. Then I will fuck them up. <laughs> no, I, I have like this foolproof way to not pay full price for it. When they tell me that it's full price, I shout, What in the Sam Hell? <laughs> we'll have to synchronize our What in the Sam Hell. And then some guy yeah. further back will be like, God damn it! <laughs> so, Emrys. Is the reason you hate the X-Men because you're against civil rights? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not against civil rights. <laughs> but you know the X-Men are a metaphor for civil rights. I know. So do you so... hate minorities? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I, I feel like while that's partially true, I I, I believe the X-Men has grown into something different. <laughs> they 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 have, but yeah. they're I mean, they they've gone from being like a metaphor for, you know, women's rights and um, rights for people of different races mm -hmm. and gone on to, like, more of a metaphor for, like, gay rights and stuff. And even going so far as to have, like, two gay mutants get married in an X-Men comic. Yeah, that's that's all that's all fine. I'm just... I think it it's just not even about any of that anymore. And now it's just about doing crazy stuff and cool artwork. People in leotards. Right. The artwork isn't always cool, though. Okay. It's not always cool. Especially when you have that dude who just traces erotica. Greg Land, yeah. yeah. So, I actually, I wanted to give X-Men Days of Future Past a chance. Yeah. So I looked I looked at the poster, and I could not find Nightcrawler on it. No. Yeah, I don't think he's in it. He is not in it, nor is his father. That's bullshit. His mother is. Oh, can she go bamf? No, his mom's Mystique. Oh, fuck that guy.
On a scale of 1 to 10, though, she's a straight bamf. She's, uh... <laughs> that's yeah. badass motherfucker. Is that really... I, I doubt that's what they intended, but... Well, I mean, I know the bamf is the teleporting sound effect. Yeah. So wait, Mystique is Nightcrawler's mother? Yeah. Yeah. She's super old. But that's stupid. She's a shapeshifter, dude. She can be as old as she but needs why, to be. Why is she somebody's... Why is she the mother to another X-Man? She's not an X-Man. She's a supervillain. <laughs> Mystique? Yeah. To add complexity to their in, universe. And also, in in first class, they clearly had a young Mystique and an old Mystique. They like That's true. So the movie chronology is now different from the comic book chronology, and it yet is. they're both it vigorously fucking each other. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate Marvel movies! Oh boy. <laughs> Kevin does this to me on purpose. All right. Well, yes, that's why this came up. <laughs> Fuck you, Marvel. All I wanted was Nightcrawler, and you couldn't even do that. Go watch X2, dude. I might. It's it's one of the better ones. It's the best X-Men movie. I haven't seen Days of Future Past yet, but I'm going to go ahead and say X2 is still the best. You like it better than First Class? I really liked First Class. Uh, Absolutely. Because First Class was a decent movie, but it had some of the shittiest mutants in it. Well, that was the whole point. Well, so what? Who cares? No, it. any movie that has Darwin in it is not going to be the best X-Men movie. Especially when his whole power is, oh, I can adapt to survive anything, and the one time he needs his power to work, it fails him. <laughs> that would be like, like, fucking... <laughs> Like, Wolverine being like, I'm going to pop my claws out right now. Wait, I have no claws. That's happened plenty of times. When has that ever happened? When he doesn't have adamantium uh, claws, he has bone ones. At the end of The Wolverine, the movie uh, that came out last year, he got his claws chopped yeah, off. Yeah, but then they, they grew back, back immediately. Yeah, they did. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you this. Days of Future Past is the best X-Men movie. Hands down. I, 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 don't, I can't, I'm, mm. <laughs> there's so, so little I, I can say because I want to say so much. Um, Please don't spoil anything for without, me. Without, I, will, I would not ruin anything, okay. especially for you. It's the best X-Men movie. I cried. And it is just like fan service boner overload. Oh, see, I'm already furious. <laughs> Everything you want to see in that movie happens. Do you get to see... Never... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, do you get to see Mystique's vagina? <laughs> I'm convinced she doesn't have one. Don't you always see her vagina? Isn't she always naked? Yes, but she it's, it's, it's not like there. Concealed. Well, she's a shapeshifter. She can shift it shut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need we need to start the podcast. Yeah, now. we're warmed up now. All right. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> Um, Do we have a question of the week, guys? I think that's the um, question of the week. Does Mystique have a vagina? <laughs> <Does Mystique laughs> <have a vagina? laughs> she. If that okay, if that's gonna be our question of the week, I do have an answer for that. It's it's the question of the week. Okay. 